0: This week on Young Nostalgia, no, we are the number one podcast. Welcome back to the number one podcast in the entirety of uh, the known Flat Earth Charted Society. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us. I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is beside me, and this week we're on episode 96. Dude, we are creeping up to 100, and it's kind of nuts.
1: Yes, we we, we haven't actually officially talked about doing anything for 100th episode
0: nope although in Uh, reality we have already passed that i know because of the then and nows but with the actual numbered episodes i guess we haven't so maybe what we should do is just put off episode 100 as long as possible and just do 20 (laughs) then and nows so or through the uh the hosting service we
1: go to we could stop at 99 and then start a new season oh my god
0: Start a new season. Well, every episode after that is just a bonus episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Put off it. the hundred episodes do- <laughs> for like six years. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing today, big Ed?
1: uh I'm doing pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I'm I'm doing all right. I've been kind of in a uh, frail state of mind the past couple of days, but uh, hopefully <laughs> doesn't it doesn't sound good. Passes. Yeah, i know it's it's okay. I think. I think it's just these walls closing in on me. Sometimes I see dead people. I don't really know what's
1: going on. Dung young just took a
0: a turn to the dark side a little bit there. Oh, wow. Good transition. (laughs) This episode we're going to be talking about continuing from last week and our theme of revisiting the Star Wars universe with the original trilogy. We're going to be talking about episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, the most perfect film ever in the entire of filmography to be ever completed on film. Uh, that is what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm
1: really making a mess with, of things. With, I mean, with some of what's in our notes, I think that contradicts that a little bit
0: excuse well, me what's in I my notes anyway know. my notes once again just like last <laughs> week were a little bit critical it's it's really funny because ben's is so critical and mine is like no cgi good emphasis on empires you know like this kind of stuff where it's not like oh this movie's absolute shit it's like this movie's the best thing i ever seen my notes are like half as long as ben's notes
1: <laughs> well i think to you know, defend myself a little bit before we even get into it <laughs> it's easier to be a little bit critical on movies you've seen a zillion times before because you're less engrossed in the plot because you know what's going to happen and you have more right. uh, more time and energy to focus on the minor details and stuff like you you can just tell by the speech what's going on that you can tell what's happening. You can be looking at the background
0: or minor mm-hmm. details
1: and that sort of stuff.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I'm with you. I guess. I guess I'll accept that as a defense. Is that, is
1: that an acceptable defense?
0: It's all right. Okay. It, it it's admissible in court. Admissible. Uh, there is one thing I need to get on my soapbox about, and that is the unreliability of USPS tracking systems.
1: Wow, that was a. 180 degree turn right there (laughs) unless you like ordered something star wars related and (laughs) it got lost in the mail
0: (laughs) it's unrelated like what did that bring up i think i think that's just part of my bad mood you know there's something important to me coming so i ordered notes on the conditional form by my favorite band the 1975 it's on vinyl and it has shipped but It keeps on saying, like the last time was, alert, delivery location unaccessible. And then it turns out they're forwarding it because it went to my last address. Awesome. Due to the zip code. But I contacted the store and told them, hey, I'm moving because the album got pushed back so many times that when I ordered it, I was still living at the old place. But it got pushed back until after we even moved. So I had to update that. So I bet they even printed the wrong shipping label. Probably. Probably. Even though they, even though I told them to correct it, so it ended up just being that uh, somehow it's in limbo within USPS. Yeah, you're never. And if you have that. any listeners, uh, no, please don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. The, the USPS <laughs> is the most worthless,
1: or I don't know what to call it—not organization, but uh, government service known to me. <laughs> okay, that's not true, but. It's it's right up there. The biggest waste of time and money. <laughs> and you know what? If there's any Postal Service listener workers listening right now, get your act together.
0: Give us an email at youngnostalgiapod fight at me. gmail.com. See uh, <laughs> I wanna see I wanna see an on air fight between Ben and the USPS postal worker. Just the worst. Okay. <laughs> Well, that, tur- that took a turn for the worse. Uh, I was just wondering, to, you know, okay. Okay, let's get it to episode 96. All about the Empire Strikes Back and our modern-day feelings about this timeless classic. That worked out pretty good. That was a pretty good saying. It was. Write that down. Okay. You're to copyright that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are back after an extended break of... 24 hours Ben let's talk about our overall uh feelings about the movie so last time we started the show with talking about our favorite scene and our favorite character Ben what is your favorite scene from the Empire Strikes back
1: I don't want to railroad you at all but I, I want to back up a little bit because you must have read my mind when you said so, when you said uh, coming back from an extended break <clears throat> because I was just <laughs> thinking how often it is that Will make noises or kind of talk in through through the the uh, transition music there, which right. totally obliterates any notion of <laughs> that there was an actual break at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking that in my head and I was going to say it, and then you said something about coming back after a break. I'm like, ah, oh, I knew it.
0: <laughs> uh, a little behind the scenes here at Youngest. I Gym. love it. <laughs> we don't take ourselves too seriously.
1: Um part of that was actually
0: stalling a little bit because i don't really know my answer to this um did you think about it because usually you have a tough time thinking about two things at once
1: yeah no i mean it's i was stalling a little bit but i was doing a lot of talking there and i can't really focus oh, okay. my brain too much on thinking and talking at the same time um, all right
0: do you want me to you want me to go yes, first please. are good okay <laughs> okay all right um I think my favorite scene overall. I feel like the one thing that Empire Strikes Back really does great at is that it's it's narrowed down the humor of Star Wars perfectly. Like it has timed the humor of what Star Wars is perfectly. Like there's no overreaching jokes. Everything like the punchlines, just the way that the characters interact with each other are like spot on. You know, the first movie maybe things were kind of stretching a little bit. Other movies stretching a little bit. Empire Strikes Back, I feel like is just Perfect on delivery. And my favorite scene that even emphasizes this is the first time that we actually get introduced to Yoda on Dagobah. Oh my God. It's absolutely amazing when he interacts with Luke in R2D2 and then just starts acting like a little kid getting into things. You know, it just cracks me up. And obviously, you know that, you know, from what we know now. Yoda's is just kind of pushing the waters and testing the waters for Luke's patience for Jedi training, um, but it's the best. Like when he's banging on R two D two when he tries to steal that flashlight, he's like, "Mine, mine, mine!" It's it's the best <laughs> thing ever. So that's my that's my favorite part of the of the movie. What's yours, Ben? I saw your reaction over there, and I was like, I really hope I didn't steal the scene you, that he was literally just about to. One hundred percent did. <laughs> Dang it! Oh no! <laughs> You're he,
1: he chose not only did you chose the exact scene, but you pretty much like word for word the same explanation I was gonna have on my choice oh. too. Uh... Oh no!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to? Uh, should I talk about my favorite character then? Yeah, go ahead and talk about your favorite character. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, I think my favorite character He's gonna choose the same um, line again Throughout all of this Is uh, is actually C-3PO I really enjoyed C-3PO's Engagement, especially like Since, you know, part, like Almost a third to a half of the movie He's kind of incapacitated But I feel like he's the one that really brings everyone together in terms of humor and then kind of rationality and kind of leading into certain scenarios. Um, The cool thing is, is just the cohesiveness of the entirety of this movie. Um, And I feel like C-3PO is kind of always in the center of like, okay... He's the one person to signify danger or signify the odds or signify something where he walks in, Boba Fett shoots him or stormtroopers shoot him. You know, He's the one to kind of get them into the trouble that kind of pieces it all together uh, for what bad thing is going to happen next. And I think C-3PO um, and just his personality really shines in Empire Strikes Back. Instead of kind of in A New Hope, I feel like his personality and the relationship with R2-D2 is really kind of bloated. Mm-hmm. But this one is, like, perfect, I feel like.
1: No, I 100% agree. That's, until you said that, I didn't really, I mean, I guess I realized it, but I hadn't really thought about how how actually big of a part 3PO played. Um, not necessarily in a a lead role kind of facility. I mean, like, well, let's be honest. the The movie wouldn't have changed. The plot of the movie wouldn't have changed if he wasn't there. You know, he had no bearing on any major events, but right. he was always there. He was always involved with it somehow. Somebody was always getting angry at
0: him. Right, exactly. <laughs> like when Leia turns but he him was off. Always like, but he's always like, you put me in this situation, blah, 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 blah. And he's <laughs> like, what are you guys doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So I think I came up with a scene, and it's not really one scene. It happens twice, actually.
0: But it's really the same. Oh. I, I just like the whole movie, guys. Really, I the, the movie as a whole is just one great big scene. No, I was talking about. Right, I'm right. talking
1: about when they're in the cockpit of the Falcon and on was it three different times the hyperdrive fails. Right, and whoever's piloting at the time is. Uh, it's not my fault. I think it was Han yeah, no, at yeah. least once, and then at the end it was Lando. He gets in, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we made all the repairs, blah, 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 Goes to slam it into hyperdrive and nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> just dead in the water. Um, and Leia's getting grumpy at him every single time, and no matter who it is, it says, it's not my fault. Um, right. And I think this particular movie, it was less about how awesome the Falcon is and more about how big of a turd it actually is. Right, um, right.
0: Just like duct tape stuck together. Yes,
1: which I really enjoy. Um, you know, I, reg- part of it is just the soft spot in my heart I have for any type of beater vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, you know, they, no matter whatever happens, they're, you know, flying the ship, and Han and Chewie are like climbing through piping in the interior of the Falcon trying to get it right. fixed while they're like maneuvering to evade whatever is chasing them. Um, right. Which I really like. Uh, and you know, ultimately, you know, the protagonist anyways, or the, yeah, the protagonist is always going to make it out alive anyway. But, um, you know, they always, they always get it fixed right in the nick of time and, and get it working.
0: Right. And, and you didn't see too many problems with the Falcon itself, like in, in a new hope. No, but it's interesting to see just how it like degrades over time. So the more they push it, you know, things tend to not work on something that's, you know, kind of run its course already. And it's really kind of cool to kind of take this into context with the uh, last trilogy, um, the latest trilogy with J.J. Abrams and all that <laughs> and uh, and Ray, you know, because in the beginning um, on Jakku, uh, Ray just says, like, why can't we use that ship or whatever or whatever? And then she's like that piece of junk or something like that. Yeah, it's a hunk. And it was in just a scrapyard. Yeah, right in a scrapyard and it's just a hunk of junk and it's cool to kind of take that into context while watching empire strikes back because you're like okay this is kind of what it's been through the battles that it's done but then also you start to see that kind of connection that han has and everybody has with the falcon at this point mm-hmm. where even this thing is a piece of junk it's also gotten him through all of this you know terrible stuff well, so it's really kind of cool
1: look at when uh han th- their their first their first uh Luke and Obi Wan are first meeting Han Solo. They're meeting him in the the hangar, and you know after Han was talking up the ship, blah blah blah, made the Kessel run, mm-hmm. um, and they walk up to the ship and they're like, "Really? This what? This is this it? is it? What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Um, oh and even God. even he talks.
1: I think he he says it to Leia. I think it's mentioned at least once. You know, it's like uh, something about you know she's still got a few surprises left in her yet. Um, which right. is definitely just kind of building on, you know, uh you know, e- even nowadays the even with the newer movies where it's featured a lot lot less. I mean, the Millennium Falcon is still super iconic when it comes to Star Wars.
0: Absolutely, and it makes you kind of think. um You know, you get a little bit of a backstory with the Falcon between Lando and Han. It makes you think what the uh, Falcon would have looked like if it went to Lando's hands, if it would have been like fixed up, like really pretty painted up, you know, <laughs> just in like pristine condition.
1: Yeah, it's exactly how it would look. Um, <laughs> you you have to know that's how it, exactly that would look. But, you know, since it's hot right. and chewy doing doing the best they can. Uh, oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, I guess that kind of
0: calling scruffy looking. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's scruffy looking? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, I guess that kind of leads me into my favorite character as well, and I, I hope it doesn't sound like too much of a cop out because I'll say of this movie, my favorite character was Han Solo, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's a common a common uh, favorite character for a lot of people who watch this movie. But I just like because he he made such a transition from a just a smuggler who doesn't care about anything to. He was still kind of on the side of he's just in it for whatever rewards or the glory or anything like that in A New Hope, but he definitely was more on the side of good and wanting to do good, Um, as well as, like you kind of talked about before with the one-liners and stuff, how the character seemed a lot more natural. I think his character was, there was a lot of good one-liners, if we want to just look at Uh, comedic relief throughout the movie Um, Mm -hmm. specifically between you know bickering back and forth between him and Leia um, him and Chewie you know um, I just really I just really enjoy Han Solo's character in Empire Strikes Back
0: Right, and I think that's totally understandable and agreeable because I remember if we go way back to, I don't know, episode two or something of Young Nostalgia, we even talked about just Star Wars as a whole, and we talked about each individual's just favorite character mm-hmm. in general. And yours has always been Han. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's
1: that's definitely a high majority of people are gonna say Han Solo, but I think it's it's well warranted. You know, it's Absolutely. it's not just a cop out of well, that's maybe the first character that came to mind, you know, I think right. uh, specifically of Empire Strikes Back that his character development throughout, you know, ca- leading from New Hope into Empire um, was definitely the best.
0: Right, right, absolutely. <clears throat> I'm with you. Okay, so w- we can break down some of our notes now and just kind of make it um kind of a free-flowing show. So one big point that both of us had was actually just the HD remaster quality overall is just leaps and bounds better than A New Hope. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, the movie is great, but I feel like the remaster actually really did well on this movie. The amount of CGI inputs is minimal compared to A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And and the picture and, and the sound, everything, is they just did a really good job, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and I don't know... I don't necessarily know the reason why. I mean, I'm sure we could dig deep into it and figure out dates and technology used on each one. Maybe maybe they remastered it after they remastered A New Hope and realized that they needed to change some stuff how they were doing. Maybe it was because the original quality of the film was better because it was the second movie and, and technology had progressed and they got a little bit better cameras, better film, better technology. Maybe it was better to start with. I don't know. Um, but... Yes, as something we both have at the very top of our list is the overall remaster is much better in this movie. Now, whether we get to it or not, it's kind of at the bottom. Um, we, I, I do have a little bit of criticism on it as well. It can't. It's not without criticism, but overall, it is much, much better.
0: I think we might as well just kind of talk about it since we're talking about the remaster and and the changes and stuff. So uh, what is brought to your mind with uh, criticisms in terms of what's added or taken away or changed? So
1: really the two main things that I noticed in CGI, there were other little things here and there. I think some of the ATATs on Hoth, there was a little bit of CGI involved there, but it was very minimal and it was very well done. It was tasteful. I have no problem with right. that. Um, the second instance that we really saw was the Star Destroyers added into pretty much the entire movie. Oh yeah, um, I guess it was. It's a single Star Destroyer, which ten, which they
0: kind of alluded to as like Vader's flagship, right? Yeah, like a flagship or like a juggernaut, some sort of like capital ship,
1: right? And it's. I have so little experience with the actual original movie to know exactly what that ship looked like, but the CGI that was put in looks like it's straight out of, uh, it's straight out of the prequels or I'll even say it's straight out of what the first order ships look like in the very newest movies. Um, Mm -hmm. the CGI itself looked really good and it was pretty natural, but like it, it, what am I trying to say? It's like the design of the ship itself doesn't fit the rest of the design of the ships of that time.
0: Right. Um, it's like huge. It's like blocky. And then even the lights on the ship are like this dark blue and they just don't fit in with all the other regular star destroyers. And it's just this big eyes, like eyesore almost. Right. Cause
1: the rest of the rest of the ships are all, uh, it's a very, very light gray bordering on white um and and most of their lights on that ship were uh they were like a bright white or they even kind of had a warm glow to them almost a yellow and Mm -hmm. it's like I said the CGI itself I have less of a problem with it looked really good it was just out of place right right and I guess that kind of takes us into the third thing and I think we both talked about it while we were watching the movie is how distracting the CGI on the Bespin cloud city was. Oh my gosh. Um, the entire city, it, the, the entire city in every <laughs> shot was 100% CGI. Um, not just the background, but even when uh, I believe there was a scene where it was Han, Lando, but- Leia
0: and Chewie kind of running around a corner Oh, it it was it was Luke, Leia, and Chewie, and they were going to go like save Han from Boba. Like they were trying to make it to the platform to get to the, to Boba's ship before it took off.
1: Oh right 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 right. Um. Well. No, Luke wasn't Luke wasn't involved with that because Luke was fighting Vader at the time.
0: Oh. Okay. It was Lando because Lando was leading him Lando. to the platform. You're right. You're right. Either
1: way, it doesn't matter. It's
0: you're <laughs> such a nerd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, that Just doesn't kidding. really even matter to the point I'm trying to make. Um the not even the foreground where they the platform that they're actually running on was the original set. It was all CGI'd and it's basically like they cropped the 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 actors out and laid them on top of an entirely new Uh, computer generated background and foreground and it looked that really did look horrible um it was very obvious as they're running by the where their feet land wasn't natural where their feet landed wasn't really natural on the platform like it it looks like it was a a bad you know beginner high school students photoshop attempt (laughs) Um, And it just didn't look good. And, you know, even the rest of the Cloud City that was CGI, that wasn't, you know, didn't have any actors in it to really uh, be able to pick out any any bad CGI. It it was very distracting and it was unneeded, I thought. Um, Absolutely. Because, you know, it's I've said it several times, but I can't reiterate enough how I don't think there was one bit of the Cloud City
0: outside of a building. That was the original footage. I think you're right. It's kind of like the same thing that they did on like Tatooine. Right. When the camera kind of came in and overlaid the entire place, you could tell like the sand houses, sand buildings were obviously overlaid with CGI. And it's kind of that that, that same feeling here. Mm -hmm. It was like, just like I couldn't, I couldn't even
1: focus on what was going on in the movie. I was just looking at the the differences. (laughs)
0: Right, right. (laughs) But... All right, I think I'm done complaining. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> one good thing, one good thing, which I mean, this is in the entirety of like the original trilogy, is that they don't actually CGI explosions that well. I mean, they could have done it with like you know maybe enhancing it or the color or something like that, but the explosions themselves look normal in terms of what they were on the original release, which I appreciate because I feel like that's the kind of thing that people would want to change and update with the times, but I'm glad that they didn't.
1: No, I agree. I'm very glad they didn't either. And I'm kind of surprised by that because, you know, if you, if like, if you're just going to ask me like, Hey, what do you see need changed in a movie? Like we're doing a remaster. What do we want CGI and what do we want? What do we not want CGI? That's probably going to be one of the first things that you do is use, uh, computer imagery for, Explosions. I mean, it can be so much better, so much more detailed, uh, fit the scale better. Cause that's something that, that, uh, special effects artists have struggled with for a long time is fitting the scale correctly. Cause, uh, right. You know, obviously when you're not using computers, you have to basically film real explosions and then, uh, scale them correctly to what's exploding on screen. And a lot of times when they get scaled up, it looks unnatural. Um, and so a lot of the time, that's what gets remastered first. And its I, d- I do think it's a little bit odd that they chose all the other things that they did and not the explosions.
0: Right. And it's nice. It's its kind of cool. Mm-hmm. No, It brings you back down. I 100% agree with that. Um, and then Vader, too. I mean, Vader is just a character. I feel like you get more of a pull of an influence of how powerful uh he is just as a commander as a uh Jedi like a like a Sith um in this movie you kind of just see how menacing Vader is rather in the first one it just seemed like you know Vader was obviously a presence but he didn't have any commanding structure it was like he was Vader off to the side, let him play with his toys while the big boys talk in this conference room mm-hmm. in uniforms. But this one, he's like the commander. He's the one in charge.
1: Yeah, and he didn't and when people didn't perform to expectations, he was very, very quick to discipline and show his uh dominance and power over the rest of the Imperial peons.
0: Right, and then that kind of brings together everything that we know um with his kind of power, his influence, obviously, you know from the prequels and stuff, he's older now, so he' is, maybe his powers are more honed, or you know maybe he just can't do as much as he has in the past, but he's still very powerful. Um, And it kind of brings into light how people talk about Vader uh, in the, in the most recent trilogy and how he's kind of this big, all powerful being of the dark side, just because of what he was able and capable of doing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I think that kind of, I'd like to use that a little bit to lead into first seeing the emperor. Um, Right. I don't, it was about halfway through the movie that we first actually saw the emperor and correct me if I'm wrong up until that, where he's like, uh, speaking to the hologram of the emperor. That's the first time we've even heard of him.
0: Honestly. Yeah. From, from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, it was called, they've always been called the empire, but never have we really known the, uh, top of the top of the tree you know we've never known who's on top of the heap of 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 uh commanding all of this right
1: and there there wasn't even any mention at all like if you're watching these movies for the first time your first thought would be vader is the ultimate leader of the empire and the dark side right Um, and there's absolutely no reference at all to the emperor or that Vader is actually still an apprentice.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause Vader, like you just take him as a separate entity out of everything. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and I don't think, and that's, that's not really even alluded to too much in this movie in empire at all. Um, You know, we see that there's definitely a more, you know, we see Vader has a superior commanding official um mm-hmm. but it's still not really talked about that vader is still uh, emperor palpatine's apprentice
0: right it's cool mm-hmm. and i mean even some more foreshadowing in terms of we talk about how uh, vader you kind of get the feeling that he's constantly evading the whole killing or physically or like you know super hurting if that's super Mm -hmm. hurting luke you know he's trying to find ways to bring luke to the safe side or something like that
1: yeah yeah and that's that's definitely something that i genuinely hadn't thought about until we watched this movie the last time is that on several occasions it showed i mean you you can't really go by like body language and facial expression and stuff but it kind of showed that as evil as vader was and how ingrained in the dark side that he was he still didn't want to kill luke he pretty much tried as hard as he could um to go about any other means to you know solve the conflict without killing him
0: right right which which begs the question is there a reason who knows Yeah, well, I don't think... Maybe maybe they're brother and sister. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, and you don't... It's not as strong as with Vader and Luke, but you do see a little bit of foreshadowing in how, once again, you can't... I'll say you can tell how Vader reacts... Although you can't like read his facial expressions or anything, but you can tell I know. <laughs> the way they they film the scene. You can tell his reaction to like Leia's presence that he knows something's up. Um, whether right. or not he's exactly knowing that that's his daughter or not, um, he definitely is able. They kind of
0: allude to a connection between the two as well, just like with Luke. Right, and at the end of the movie, you know they kind of. Uh, Force talk to each other with Luke asking for Leia's help. Right. So, exactly. Neat. Um, I like it. I like it. Any big points we should hit? Any other big points? Um,
1: as far as big points, the only other one that I had was it is just it's it's kind of interesting to look at the differences in Yoda across. The entire series, which I guess would pretty much be um, Empire and Return of the Jedi versus Yoda in the prequels. And okay, I think it's, it's very easy to chalk a lot of that up to just his age. He's older in the original movies than he was in the prequels. But they also have him, his demeanor is a lot different. Um, he's a lot more, well, he's very, very serious uh in the prequels, very uh I mean he's always wise, but I guess it's a different kind of wise. You know, he's kind of a uh a strong leader in the prequels. And then we get to uh the originals, we especially Empire, we start to see kind of a goofy side to Yoda He's kind of messing with him a little bit, messing with Luke a little bit, um and we do find out that a lot of that was kind of a test to see if he was ready to be trained or not or capable of being trained or not. But right. we just see kind of a a genuine goofiness to Yoda, almost like he's almost kind of like they were alluding to. He's like a, a senile old man. Right, um, right. Because he did talk about, you know, he's trained Jedi for 800 years.
0: Right. And then here he is and you... It's almost, like, hard to take them seriously and all this stuff. But, and, you know, but it's it's weird how they ground you in the fact that it's, like, Yoda has his ways, almost, you know? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's crazy.
0: And it's, you know, we... I, I'm
1: trying not to drag other movies too far into this, because we're, we're kind of been trying to focus on a single movie. But I do... When we were watching this, I thought it was interesting to look at Yoda's reaction to both Luke and Anakin. Um, obviously, Anakin, the movie was laid made afterwards, but that actually happened chronologically first. Yoda was against training either one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were too old. Uh, something bad. They have their... Too strong-willed to change, um, too easy to go right. to the dark side. And and by the time he's saying no to Luke, not only is Luke older, but he's also uh, – the Jedi Order has gone down the road before with Anakin being trained, getting super powerful, and then ultimately turning to the dark side. Um, right. And so seeing his reaction to both of those and being pretty
0: much uh, overruled both times – um Mm -hmm. and and it's interesting how they kind of end that reaction with Luke leaving to like go save Leia and, and all that um I think Ben Kenobi was like he is our only hope and then Yoda was like no there is another which obviously at this moment we don't necessarily know right but obviously in hindsight we know that Yo, what kind of story could have happened if Luke actually, you know, flubbed it up, went to the dark side <laughs> and here comes Leia freaking kicking it as a Jedi.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, they they never explicitly stated anything, but I think there were definitely some insights into that it, they are they were talking about Leia. Um, specifically mm-hmm. at the end where they're using the force in a form of communication. Um, right. You know, to someone just kind of candidly watching the movie, not, you know, super into it, especially if it's, you know, they're watching it for the first time, they might not pick up on that. But looking at it now, it should be extremely obvious that they're talking about Leia. Right. Right. I love it. But uh, that's good stuff. I don't know. As far as as far as my points, that's kind of the the last of the real big ones. Um, Do you have any other. Any other big movie
0: Ooh. points that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think uh, this is a good one to kind of end the show on. Uh, I think it was, I mean, the movie's great. Obviously, I love all of the Star Wars movies. Even A New Hope is amazing. Um, there's obviously some gripes. But the one cool thing I actually enjoy about this movie a little bit is that the movie actually ends with the heroes not winning, mm-hmm. per se. You know, everything gets set up for the climax of the entire um star wars universe at this point with like hans frozen taken away um uh luke is down for the count for a little bit as his arm got chopped off uh leia doesn't necessarily know what to do at this point they're just kind of waiting to see if anything can come about Mm -hmm. and where to go um and it's interesting for them to be kind of like down and out at the end of this movie because then it just makes people wonder like okay now we know this big news that luke and vader are connected but you know what is vader planning we don't know what happened to the empire after luke uh, fell off um and got rescued again like we don't know and it's going to be just interesting to see the next chapter
1: yeah yeah and it's that is a format even for a series um like star wars that is a format that we don't see very often um, there is normally always some sort of resolution at the end of a movie, even if it is part of a series, um, you know, they might, to carry it over into the next one, they might kind of put a cliffhanger at the end, um, but having it, having it leave the movie like it did, you know, like, like you said, we lost Han, Um, he's frozen. We don't know what's going to happen to him. Uh, Luke being pretty critically injured, uh, and pretty much the entire rebel alliance, uh, kind of waiting for someone to make the first move. Uh, that is, I really can't think of any other movies right now off the top of my head that
0: would leave a movie hanging that much. Right, right, and, and they just do a perfect job. I mean, the whole thing is just, it's tied up, but it's not. It's it's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, because there's a fine line there. There's a fine line between, uh, you know, leaving it open too much to where it seems like they just took a really long movie and cut it in half. Um, right, right. And wrapping it up too much, and, you know, people won't won't be really, really eager to see the next one, um, or or that it isn't a continuation of the same story right Um, which is really what they're trying to do because i mean you look at all three movies and they have they do have a rise and multiple rises and falls in the plots but for the most part it's one single story Mm -hmm. it's telling you know it's a story
0: in three parts right exactly it's perfect i love it thank you so much anything else big guy you think we good no i think we're good we're coming up on a good stopping
1: point uh coming up on the end of a normal show length so uh i think we did good
0: perfect thank you guys so much you are the man ben this was episode 96 all about The Empire Strikes Back and our modern day retrospective of that movie. What we love about it, as always, um, in terms of the Star Wars universe. Next week, we're going to finish up this small little series celebrating the 40th anniversary of, of actually Empire Strikes Back, which is about five days ago on the 21st. I do believe it was released back in 1980. I believe that is right. In theaters. So, this was a really cool retrospective and uh, fun topic to kind of uh, tear it apart, build it back up, and talk about why we love it so much. As always, if you enjoy what you hear, please uh, give us a five star review. Take about 30 seconds. To let us know what you enjoy about the show on the podcasting platform that you enjoy listening on, which could be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We are out there. Check us out. If you want to be a part of the show, give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. Tell us what you think what you want to hear or if you have a topic for a future show let us know anything else big guy
1: no i think that was super fun and can't wait till
0: we do return of the jedi next week absolutely i think it's gonna be uh absolutely fantastic uh we did a pretty good job of lining up uh albeit a couple times a couple tries of pausing on either end we finally lined it up to almost even better than the last time
1: yeah there especially i think we skirted up a little bit midway through and we had to take a quick break but uh right. right at the very beginning i could hear i could hear the audio like the speech from nolan's tv and uh it was exactly lined up with mine so i think we nailed it
0: it was it was perfect i love it next time what we should do is play the movie but play it on like two times speed see if we can line it up <laughs> expert mode <laughs> yeah expert mode (laughs) I love it thank you guys so much for joining us until next week as we always say here on Young Nostalgia keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full we'll talk to you next week